What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. All one word. They call me the, One Take Colby. I missed the dramatic pause. I really did. <laughs> I really did. Hey, everybody. I'm Aaron. I just woke up from a nap, and I'm quite tired still. So, might be an extra yawny episode. I think uh, he's going out of order now. Yeah, I was about no, to say. I am, just... am I? I thought I'm next. No. I sit across from Colby. You're literally last. <laughs> no. I go first. No, it's clockwise. No. Counterclockwise. No. Isn't it, no, Aaron, no, where no, have you my been? Mom's calling. <laughs> These past, like, <laughs> million episodes. Okay, go. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't care. Wait, y'all. Hold on one second. My mom's calling. Keep doing the podcast. I'll be back. Oh, okay, sure. Let's just. <laughs> no. No. What? No, come on. Let's keep it going. In this. No. Go. Someone. Go. Apparently, it's not my turn. Uh, my name is I Love Interrupting Podcasts, and you can find me at D underscore River underscore O on Twitter. Hello. I'm Maverick. You can find me <laughs> on Twitter at Heartbreak underscore underscore kid. See, I'm still bugging at the fact that there's two underscores in there. Well, I tried to do one underscore, but somebody took it, so had to get creative. Interesting. Was was no underscores taken too? I just I, I get picky with the wording, and it just looks all jumbled up when there's nothing in between. <laughs> welcome back, welcome back, Kobe. It's my I'm turn back for with the microphone this on this time. <laughs> As I was saying before, I was so rudely interrupted. My name well, is what uh, interrupted I gonna, again. I it's okay. Now you know how we all feel, bro. <laughs> No, I was just gonna say, what have we ever gone counterclockwise? Always. Never. No, we have. We always went. It always went. Colby, me, Maverick, you. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> now you may proceed. Okay. As I previewed before, my name is Aaron, <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. Very good. I think that was the roughest intro we've had in a while. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to keep it. I'm not doing it over because I had a beautiful one take, and we're going to keep it. Um, <laughs> speaking of other things that happened in one take, the draft happened. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> you tried with the segue. Seamless segue. Um, we were almost spot on with the first five picks, I think. Were we? I think I so. Let's see, because I said that I said that. Uh, I'm pretty sure I said that I thought Bagley would go two. And mm-hmm. I thought I think the only one that I may have missed is that I thought Bamba was gonna go higher than he actually did. Uh, but other than that, I think yeah, I think we were pretty close actually. I don't know if we said it on the podcast. I know we definitely said it in, in the group chat. Because yes. I'm not sure if the trade rumors have started by that time next week about uh, Doncic going third and, uh, and Dallas taking him because, of course, they take the European player. Naturally, um, like, naturally, I mean, now Dirk has someone <laughs> to mentor. But no, uh, I didn't hear anything about it until like a day before the draft. That, and that was just that Atlanta was shopping the pick rather Dallas getting interested, but then slowly the Mavs writers started getting scooped that they were trying to make a deal happen going up into the draft. 
So yeah, the people, the or the specific order, I think we did get a did a good job, but the teams, uh, my team definitely broke that up. See, so yeah, uh, I can't I can't fight the the sinking feeling that the kings kind of kinged again because here's the thing: so you have so the kings have uh, their quote unquote point guard of the future in. De'Aaron Fox, who I actually really like. But then you draft a guy in Marvin Bagley, who I assume you're going to try and run the pick and roll with, and it's like, well, you have a point guard that can't shoot, and now you have a power forward slash center who also can't really shoot. So, are we going to have the least dangerous pick and roll in Sacramento? <laughs> like, it just uh, didn't make sense to me. I think they should have taken Doncic, but, I mean, I don't know. I'm also not a front. I'm not a uh, a front office guy for an NBA team. The biggest thing with um with Bagley is that if he doesn't turn into a black hole of basketball, like if he can get out of that, then I think he can be fine. Because I think when he does pass, he has pretty good vision. Yeah. Um, and he has a good motor, and he he he's quick. Oh wow, Harry Giles is on that team. I forgot about him. Yeah, I think everyone forgot about him, honestly. <laughs> yeah, Frank Mason's pl- on that team. The players on the Kings are saying that in practice, Giles is the most talented player on the roster. That's that's great because he has you know robotic knees, but <laughs> throw him into an NBA game and I don't know <laughs> what's gonna happen. Go go gadget team. Go, Were y'all surprised at all about DeAndre Ayton going number one? No, no, no. I think that was the right choice. There were like some people that were saying Doncic should, but I, I, uh, I think feel like Phoenix made it very clear that they were going to take him number one overall. He canceled all other practices with other teams. Uh, I don't hate it. I, I mean, I think it was the right choice for them. I mean, you got Devin Booker in there, who's a rising superstar, <clears throat> and you throw in a a, a run to the rim center, uh, who has the potential to develop a really good jump shot, and you know if he develops some good defensive skills, I think he's going to be a really complete player. Yeah. And then they got Mikael Bridges later, but we can talk about that in a second. Yeah, we can talk. We can just, like, uh, go run down the draft. Uh, Bagley second to the Kings. Uh, then third, the Hawks took Luka Doncic and then immediately announced uh, by Woj that uh, they would be trading that pick to the Dallas Mavericks. By the way, we need to talk about Woj. Before yes. we end this the quote. We, we we need to we need to talk about him before this conversation <laughs> ends. But let's 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 go over the rest. Well, of the first we first I woged it in the group chat, and I apologize for that. Yes, <laughs> yo, uh, I was so pissed at you because I was like, all right, I need to. I, I'm like, I'm happy because there's nobody that's gonna be spoiling picks or, any, or anything. But then it's like, Madison why does it here, matter? Because, because it's the anticipation. It, it takes just, away all the fun. God, let me have You're my reading fun, a list Kobe. of names. But, let me have so my fun. Let people I, I, enjoy things. I got a little <laughs> excited because my team made a pretty drastic move going from five to three and picking up Luka Doncic, who, in my opinion, is probably the most like complete player, I think, at this point in the draft. Not the best prospect, but the one that has like the best resume going in. Uh, and to be honest, like I was, I had voiced some concern because I was really excited with taking Mo Bamba at five, and I thought he was going to go to us at five. Uh, and we will honestly, they took uh, Memphis took Jaron Jackson at four, and I, th- I knew that we were going to take him otherwise. But they got this deal done. We gave our fifth pick and uh, a future first rounder that's protected, and took uh, Luka Doncic, and we drafted 
Trey Young for the Hawks. I was a little surprised that they took Trey. I think that that's a terrible pick, but I we I mean y'all can weigh in on that, but I think that the Hawks drafting Trey Young, like I'm not a Trey Young believer, and I'm also not a Michael Porter Jr. believer currently, but uh, I think that Trey Young is. I, I think that people are gonna are believing that Trey Young is gonna end up being a Steph Curry type player, and I just I I don't personally see it. Now I could end up on cold takes exposed like in a couple of years, <laughs> so you know I have that with I have that in mind while I say this. Like he could end up being you know a really solid player, but just right now I think he's too undersized and too inconsistent. And he's not g- a good enough passer right now. But for me, I. The thing about him on the Hawks is Dennis Schroeder isn't that big of a guard. So my thing was you you need to put Trey Young on a team where you can hide him on defense. And I don't think they're putting him in the great situation in Atlanta for them to do that. I also – I mean, I, I still think he's going to do well in the league because I think his skill set translates – his offensive skill set translates very well to the NBA game. But I, I don't think that's a really good fit for him. Yeah. I don't either. I think that's what ultimately made the deal better from Dallas, and it's, it might sound weird, but it, it was it was a contingent deal. The deal was uh, contingent upon Dallas drafting Trey and seeing him to him. And I think the front office decided that it's ultimately comes down to, yes, we're giving up another first rounder, but it's the fact that they believe Luka Doncic is going to be better than Trey Young and whoever they take with this other pick. Now, and I, I would agree Maver- with that. Uh, so since you're the Maverick expert, how do you feel about um, Doncic playing more of the point forward role and Dennis Smith Jr. playing more um, off the ball? Well, early projections have already had him playing the two and going more small ball, uh, or even actually him playing two and three and moving HB up at the power forward position. Uh, I, Rick Carlisle said in the introductory press conference room that he could see Luca playing one through four. But he said he could also switch it with Dennis Smith where Dennis could go off the ball because he's a lot better at slashing and getting to the rim. And so creating that isolation with, for Dennis could very much benefit him, and he's very quick. Uh, so I could definitely uh, – Luca and Dennis is going to be a very dangerous backcourt offensively this next season. I am very excited about that. And going back to, like, the Trey Young versus him, Luca though, has a I think he's an excellent fit with us. Whether he pans out or not, just the fit with the organization is, I think, perfect. We have the best European player of all time in Dirk Nowitzki who's going to be able to mentor him and help him through the first few years because it was rough for Dirk. Because uh, all these people were trying to give these comparisons for Dirk. He got compared to people like Larry Bird. And he got uh, very much – his expectations were too high too early. And so in this situation, I don't think – I'm not expecting him to be a, an all-star Within the next, within this like first five years in the league, to be honest, but I don't think that means he's not going to be a good player. He's going to be able. To, he's an offensive scoring machine. He's a playmaker, and his mental game is what's so far ahead of all the other prospects. Like because he's been in the Euro League, and so he's played with former NBA players in the second best league compared to the NBA, and so he has a lot of that experience. So he's not going to be as raw, I think, as some of these talent were. He still has a learning curve, uh, but I, I just think it's a great fit. Yeah, the the Euro League is the Champions League to the NBA's Premier League. Like, they're he's not playing against scrubs in the Euro League. Like, no. those are 
grown men who ha- who play basketball for a living. Yeah. And this, and he um, he's a two time Euroleague MVP at 19 years old. Just won the Euroleague championship at 19 years old. So like, not only is he like competing and like alongside, he is thriving against these players. And the biggest criticism for him is that he he's a very bulky 6'6", 230 pounds. So, but really? he's not he very. More like a, I thought he was more leaning like six seven, six eight. Oh, he actually is six eight. Sorry. Uh, but oh, like, still, like, 200, mm, 230 he, pounds. He's listed at 6'8". But, like, still, 230 pounds, but That's he kid, doesn't man. have a whole lot of lateral quickness and is not very agile and athletic, is, like, they like to describe. Uh, not the greatest on defense, but I think we're – unfortunately, we are coming to a league that's less defensively minded until you get to the postseason. During uh, during the dr- during the draft, uh, I, saw, I can't remember who made the comparison, but somebody compared uh, – Doncic's measurements to Joe Johnson when he mm-hmm. came in the league, and I was like, if Luka Doncic becomes a white ISO Joe, I will love then that. Then we're we're ecstatic, <laughs> like we're ecstatic. <laughs> so, like, you can't get a better deal, honestly, out of that. And he can very much become that player. Like, he can shoot the lights out. Uh, like I said, I don't I don't see the defensive stuff and that being a problem because there's plenty of two guards that can just shoot the lights out. They don't need to be athletic. Like, I don't find Clay to be particularly athletic, but he can. if he shoots the way he does, it doesn't matter. He's also a great defender, though. Yeah, he's one of the best that is true. defenders in the league. And like I said, Dallas didn't have a terrible defense. It was just we couldn't score last year. We just didn't have, we didn't have consistent scores. And so that's something I think he's going to be able to bring in from day one. I I think he's, it's definitely grown on me. Uh it was nice looking. All the, there's a lot of people claiming us to be one of the top winners of the draft, and it's nice to hear, like especially in the last few years with the team. And it's nice to see that we're we're going young. Finally, we're really starting to build some pieces. Uh, now we're we're aiming for free agency, being a big player for a center possibly. So after pick five, I didn't care anymore. So <laughs> y'all y'all got it from there, bro. You didn't care about Mobamba. Yeah, maybe, but the magic. I th- <laughs> yeah, nothing has ever gone wrong Wait. with the magic and big men, right? Wait, before Luca Doncic's mom, who everybody what? thought was his girlfriend at first, but it's his mom. Hmm? And then oh. I'm not going to touch that one. Andre not, yeah, Iguodala. That's, that's all you, bro. <laughs> Andre Iguodala uh, was wanting to shoot his shot with his mom. But also, Luca wants to date Jennifer Aniston. I'm I'm sure Luka Doncic's mom is a wonderful lady. It was uh, pretty so funny. After Mobamba, aka the best player in this draft, went six. Uh, I think Wendell Carter went seven. Yes, Wendell Bulls. Carter went seven. Which is interesting because, well, I don't know if that pick is interesting, but did y'all see what his mom said about NCAA versus NBA? I did not. So his mom was basically talking about how in the NCAA. Uh, you get no respect or opinion or or like any kind of leverage on anything. So like, uh, she was complaining that when he was at Duke, it was okay. You're gonna be a rebounder and you're gonna let this person shoot, and wasn't happy with the fact that he never got to display his full uh, like skill set. Uh, and as opposed to the NBA, because she was saying it's not just the money; it's the fact that you get a voice in the NBA per se. And I found that interesting that 
immediately after he gets dra- he gets drafted, he starts trashing Duke. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, like if uh, what, what, like watching being there for those games last year, he had a he has a pretty decent jump shot and he can hit threes, but he did not shoot that often from that side. Well, because you know you got Gary Trent and Grayson Allen, yeah. and it same goes for us. I'm pretty sure if he wanted to, Kennedy Meeks would have shot some threes for us. But of course, Roy wouldn't let him. Except Roy wouldn't let him, and we get our shirts taken. Yeah, yeah. So I do kind of see that. Trouble. I don't know if it's just a Duke thing. I feel like it is an overarching NCAA thing. But even teams. even with that, like, I, I you know, I didn't feel like anyone was hindered by anything on on our team on the heels or anything. I don't think anybody was. I did, at least I didn't feel like it. I mean, did y'all? Like I didn't was feel. Help was held back. Yeah, I I feel like um I feel like Jalik Felton was held back by himself. I feel like he was trying to play like what he wanted a Roy point guard to play like. Yeah, but I feel like that's different than being then, held d- back by actually being yeah, held by back, actually yeah. being held back by coaching staff. Like I think we have the potential for some people to get held back next year. Just because I feel like we have a lot of raw talent next year, mm-hmm. so like between uh, n- I, I like between Nas and and Kobe and even Leaky, who nobody is talking about, but is a six eight guard, like a, a six eight point guard, like, like nobody's talking about this. Like <laughs> that that's a, that's a stereotype that Roy's been dealing with for a while now. So I I really am interested. Um, like I next I, season to see what he does with buckets of talent on this Like, team. small tangent, but do y'all believe that Nas is a day-one starter? I feel like we could have that conversation, it make that whole thing into a conversation. Yeah, but I want to get to these questions yeah. that we just Yeah, it's so, true. But before we get to my I order... Be, I, would be sl- I would be kind of upset if Nas wasn't a day-one starter. Is all I, Like, I would be a little bit upset. I'm not ready to say yes or no to him being a day-one starter on June 25th. That's fine. That's fair. No. I just like jumping to things way too early. <laughs> but quickly back to this, like I think one of the biggest deals other than Dallas's trade was ten, uh, Mikael Bridges we just getting skipping drafted over the Cavs. We just skipping over the Cavs. I mean, I thought, <laughs> hey, I I called your pick, didn't I, Aaron? Yeah, you did. Did you? Did you we picked what? I was gonna say, did you did you like the pick or did you or, or are you? Yeah, I mean, I, I no, I'm fine with Colin Sexton at at we took him at eight, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, eight. He's a solid point guard. He's not a great shooter, but he is a heck of a competitor. He almost took Alabama to a win in a three-on-five game. That was fantastic. And he he's also so had, long. He, he's so long for the size that he is. He's long, and he has that amazing video of him staring uh, down that dude. Staring at the free down throw line. that one guy at the free throw line. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I mean. With all the stuff that all the medical stuff that's come out about MPJ, like would y'all have rather taken? Michael, do you think they should have taken I Michael think, Porter Jr.? I mean, I think that Michael Porter Jr. is a big risk. I think that in retrospect, if thirteen teams passed on him, then there's obviously something very wrong with him. And, and well, they've already come out and said that they're that the Nuggets are unsure if he'll play next year. Yeah, and I think that if you are planning for LeBron to be on the team next year, then you cannot take Michael Porter. If you're, I thought the Clippers were going to take him with the two if, pick, uh, one of the two. I would, if you're, I would, 
if you're going all in on a rebuild, then I would consider taking Porter. But the big issue is that if he's your franchise player, there's a very large chance that he ne- that, that he's Brandon Roy 2.0 or Greg Oden 2.0 with his Listen, injuries. Here's the thing. So I'm going to contradict everything I said about Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> like previous to this because I think that the Charlotte Hornets should have drafted Michael Porter Jr. because they were primed to draft Michael Porter Jr. You're all the way at uh, – you have the 11th pick. You trade that pick to 12. You, you trade the pick to the Clippers to move down a spot for two second rounders. And you and you draft Miles Bridges. It's like if you're at twelve, like why not take the risk on 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 a on a Michael Porter Jr. Like I thought that that risk was worth it. Yeah, that's why I think that it's a great pick for the Nuggets. Yeah, no, because this is the very end of the lottery. But it, if he works out, great. To, but mid lottery to the Cavs is too big of a risk, in my opinion. He was walking really gingerly <laughs> going down those stairs, like almost concerning. Like, I wanted, like, his, I think he was with both his parents. Um, I wanted them to, like, grab him to make sure he didn't <laughs> fall. Like, it was concerning, man. Like, Do you think he's wearing life alert? He's, the past year he's worn life alert around his neck? He might have. Gingerly walking. Um, but no, going back move. real quick. Oh, to 10 was uh, Mikhail oh, Bridges to the 76ers. Oh. He was going to play we, for his hometown. Can we touch on nine real worked. fast? Can we touch on nine real fast before we go on to 10? Uh, sure. Kevin Knox. Went oh, to, yeah, the to the Knicks, um, and yeah. not to talk about the actual pick, but I just think that Knicks fans are trash uh, for booing uh, a 19 year old kid that got drafted. They boo everybody. I know, but like, it just pisses me off. It's so stupid. <laughs> at this point, at this point, it's like booing the commissioner. Exactly. But they don't even yeah. boo Adam Silver because everyone likes Adam Silver. <laughs> but back to uh, Mikael Bridges. Yeah, Mikael Bridges. Um, the 76ers took Mikael, but then got traded. To the Phoenix Suns, and I just thought it, if there was a team that probably won the draft more than us, it would be the Phoenix for getting both DeAndre Ayton and Mikael Bridges. They got a what seems a very dominant center and a 3 and D guy that's going to play along with Booker uh, and Josh Jackson at Phoenix. I, I think they're really starting to build a lineup for the future. Somebody should have told his mom beforehand because she works for the team, and she was really excited about having her son home to play in Philly. I'm not unconvinced that he would have lived at home while he <laughs> <laughs> while he played for he the Sixers. Save that money. Oh, so that was that was a little awkward watching him do that. Um, watching him do that interview and knowing that he was going to be traded very soon after. Um, the next pick I wanted to talk about was White Dante. I knew you were gonna say that as soon as I, as soon as you're like the <laughs> next pick, I knew you're gonna say White Dante. Uh, White Dante going to the Bucks. Um, White Dante might be my favorite player in the draft. Um, I just want to see, I want to see the LeBron Dwayne Wade um, alley oop picture recreated with um, uh, Giannis throwing the lob with his. 25-foot wingspan <laughs> and White Dante throwing it down. That is all I have to say about that pick. I think it's a good pick for Milwaukee. Should Agreed. be fun. Let's see. Anyone before the um, tripper? Grayson went to Utah because yeah. of close he did. That's the did. that's the most, like, other than the Celtics, that was probably the most Grayson Allen place that he could have gone. Now he's in the backcourt with one of his tripping victims, Donovan Mitchell. 
I kind of like that though because like I still remember when when Donovan Mitchell slapped him upside the head. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently they're boys now. So. Yeah, they Mitchell jumped up and hugged him during his interview. That's okay. I think they're just fiery competitors, I guess. (laughs) Um, Aaron Holiday. I'm ready to talk about Woj. Oh, okay. I was just going to say that Aaron Holiday completes the trifecta of uh, Drew, uh, Aaron, and who's the third Holiday brother? Justin. Justin Holiday, who uh, has now become the Ball family that the Ball family wants to be. They are what the Ball family wants to be. (laughs) And they all went to UCLA. So. (laughs) Yikes. Cool. Yeah, I'm ready to move on to Woj. Uh, he's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him. Because I, I wasn't watching the draft, but I did turn on alerts for his tweets. And at one point, I was, like, playing FIFA, and I looked down at my phone, and I said, what is happening? <laughs> it was just, like, three tweets in a row from Woj of him being ridiculous, and it was great. And I like it because he did that, and then Shams was like, screw it. And just, just started just tweeting stopped. out. <laughs> yeah. No, he got the loophole. And honestly, it was more entertaining than just saying the pick. Like, it, it got him a whole lot of chatter and a whole lot of feed. I mean, I guess that's sort of the, the ultimate goal is to get views. Uh, I do, though. I wish he would have taken um, Mina Kimes' suggestion and we would have had uh, with the 28th pick in the, in the draft. Uh, Jacob Evans is looking like a snack for the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> or Yo. they're sliding in this person's DMs and telling them they're drafting him. Oh, that was great. Oh, yeah, I guess we didn't explain what he did at all. No, we didn't. We just kind of jumped right um, in. We did not yeah, explain so that for anybody. Wo- Let me see if I can find the tweets. Woj, um, Adrian Wojnarowski got a little creative well, with his update tweets. Before you get that, there was an agreement uh, – among like ESPN ju- journalists, that they would not leak. It wasn't just picks. ESPN, or it was just ESPN, journalists. Yeah. Yahoo and no, it was, Turner. It was ESPN. I thought no, yeah. it was ESPN, Yahoo, no? and Turner. Oh wow! Okay. It was all three. That they would not leak the picks beforehand because there are some people that do not want their picks leaked. They just want to hear I the name called, and that's the first people that's <laughs> called. It's a list of names. <laughs> uh, yeah, but. If you don't get the picks leaked, then you can have more videos of me, like the one of me celebrating when we got Baker Mayfield, uh, or the one of me being very upset when we got, uh, when we got Jalil Pepper, Jale- not J- Jabril Peppers, excuse me. Yeah. So Did you say celebrating? Yes. Celebrating. I was overcome with emotion. Oh, you better shut your mouth. <laughs> this is a definition of gaslighting. This is such. This is. This is the first instance of fake news on this podcast. I'm disappointed. <laughs> so Woj reported the trade with Atlanta and Dallas, and that's kind of like what opened the floodgate. Because he's like, I am, I can't sit with my hands tied on this stuff. And so he started, instead of saying specifically that a team was picking him, it was more like indirect language, such as like they're zeroing in. With. Yeah. Tantalized, Tantalized by. by. The lasers one. are set on this person. <laughs> my- my thing is, I'm fine with it being on Twitter because you can stay off Twitter while you're watching the draft. But they put him on before every single pick and said the Cleveland Cavaliers are zeroing in on Colin Sexton. So I couldn't even watch the broadcast without being spoiled. There was, Portland has a laser on Anthony Simmons. Yeah, there there were some funny ones where like it was beforehand. Like I believe it was with Robert Williams at 27, where they're like. I believe that they're going to take Robert Williams when he had already tweeted that they were. And so, like, all the broadcasters had to act like, 
well, if this is what they take, and then they went ahead and analyzed it as if they had. It's like he's actually a really big, good pickup for the Celtics and stuff. So it was a little bit funny. Like I said, it was entertaining if you followed it. Mm. Aaron just hates it. Was I think it was more entertaining for me not watching the draft and just being looking down at, at three Twitter notifications, absolutely confused at what <laughs> why Woj is going off the deep end with his hits. We know why Aaron hates Woj. Well, I, I, I hate. I already hated Woj because he hates LeBron. I but never this just gave me even ev- more I, reason. I have never seen the evidence of Woj hating LeBron. Can you explain? It's just that he, he what, LeBron is the only guy that Woj doesn't have an inside take on, and so he always spouts off crazy bad takes about LeBron. Bad takes or. Bad uh, and or inaccurate. Like, ta- you mean takes or or or, or like uh, rumor projections information? Or, or rumor. Okay, so not like LeBron is not. Not the like goal. LeBron it's like sucks. LeBron's going to the Lakers. It's like LeBron's going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Stuff like that. Like he, LeBron, he has a scoop on everyone in the NBA except LeBron because of how tight LeBron is with his camp. But he still tries to spout LeBron takes, and they're inaccurate every single time. Are we ready to move on? Uh, wait, I need a second to prepare. Oh my god. Well, I'll I'll talk about... Literally every week, I'll talk about soccer for a little bit. Yeah, you do soccer. Um, and I'll just like... Viva Colombia. Google Doc. Colombia's doing well. Um, but like, but first, quick, sorry, but like, quick side note, but like, 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 I was in Miami for the last couple days, and I was not aware of how many Colombians lived in uh, Miami because. Have you watched Narcos were... before? Huh? Have you watched Narcos before? No, I've never watched Narcos. <laughs> You'll understand why. <laughs> okay, but uh, like they were they were turning up, man. It was legit. It was it was really fun to watch because they were they were going at it. It was like six hours after the game, and people were still out <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> No, they had so, they yeah. came out on fire. Was it three zero? They won three mil, right? Three zero. Yeah. Oh yeah. gosh. They still have a chance um, right now to advance to the knockout stage. Um, it's them, Japan, and Senegal. Senegal has been a surprise in this tournament. Um, and they have a nice dance. And they do have a nice little warm up dance, um, which is cool. Today was a, actually a really really fun day. Um, especially just I missed the first group of games because I was at the movies, which I'll talk about later. But the second group of games with uh, Spain versus Morocco and Iran versus Portugal, they both ended in draws. But uh, one of the goal, so both these games happened at the same time. I think they both ended at three, at three or four. Um, both were coming down Bang. to the last minute. There were both stoppage time goals in both games. There was a little soccer kerfuffle in the Spain-Morocco game. There was a... Um, <laughs> there was two goals awarded by um, the new video assist. Um, Whose phone is this? It was a really this? fun day for soccer. That's my phone again. Eric. <laughs> But yeah, uh, oh yeah, Argentina on the brink of being eliminated. They aren't yet, but they 
they need to win tomorrow against Nigeria to have a chance. Has how is like how has Nigeria looked? I haven't actually kept. I know that the, everyone loves them for the for their kits, but uh, um, they lost their first match to Croatia um two nil, um, but they beat down um the world's love Iceland, um, mm. not beat down. They just oh. won two nil. Argentina got beat down that um, the day before, though, 3-0. Did y'all see what Maradona bad. said? Diego Maradona? I did not. He, uh, the legendary Argentina soccer player. And he basically like, Messi's just carrying that team, and that he can't really do it by himself. They look really bad. Like, excruciatingly bad. <laughs> Besides, And I hate it, because they've been in contention for so many years. And it's really like a Cavs situation. Yeah. Um, I feel like the more it's going on, the more Americans are getting involved with it. And then more people are like, why aren't we in the World Cup? Because we're bad. we gave up an own goal to the train bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well. But I've stalled long enough. Okay. I'm ready-ish. <laughs> Well, I mean, I could prepare more, but if you're done stalling, then I'll go. I'm done stalling. Okay. So, uh, I went to the Indians game on Friday night. Rookie Shane Bieber pitched, and he is the real deal. He pitched seven innings. Yes, Colby? Relation to Justin? No, but they did play baby when he was warming up. Very good. He... In his third major league start, pitched seven innings. He had nine strikeouts, four hits, and no earned runs. He is a control beast. He only threw, like, 22 or 23 balls in 95 pitches, and he had, he had his strikeout-to-walks ratio in AAA, he had, like, 10 starts in AAA, I think. His strikeout-to-walks ratio was, like, 40 to 1. Which, not 40 to 1, I think 30 to 1 or something like that, which is very, very impressive. He has some really good control. Um, and that leads me to uh, that our starting rotation has been unbelievable. Carlos Carrasco, our number two starter, is hurt. And we still have debatably the best rotation in the majors. We still have four really good starters healthy in our rotation. Over the past month, our rotation leads the MLB in war by 1.8, which is a very, very large margin. The next largest margin is in that is not nearly as close. Um, I closed out of the tab, so I don't have it up. The next closest mar- the next largest margin is less than one. So the difference between our rotation and the rest of the league is very big. Also. The Tribe is now on an eight-game win streak. Uh, our bats have finally woken up. The starters have been amazing, so if the relievers start pitching well consistently, Tribe could make a run this year. Oh, and Jose Ramirez is amazing. He now is tied for the lead in the majors for most home runs with 23 as of yesterday. I'm David, I love how you're on Twitter right now. <laughs> I'm really feeling the love. <laughs> Did you also, see Gary tweet something? 
I, I did see you retweet something. <laughs> Talk I about our season passively. coming to an end. Do you know how I know you're on Twitter? Why? What did I retweet? Be- because I was on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it, guys. I'm no. sorry, did you say something? We love you. Aaron. Did we talk about Carolina? <laughs> we really do. I, I did not mention them. Right. Is, was that after our last pod? I think yes. so. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, we lost. Yeah. We out yeah. of the College World Series. It was a good it was run. Ki- it was kind of disappointing. I got um, fed up. Yeah. It was not a fun one to watch. It was funny to me. <laughs> it's one of those gut-wrenching moments where you switch a pitcher and the next pitcher is actually worse. Well, it's not that, uh, you know, we, I don't think we should have taken out our guy. It's just like the Roy timeout thing, you know. He walked one person, it's, he, he's fine. But, uh, two, he almost had, well, he got the first win in the first game, uh, he almost got the second win, and like only one Tar Heels has been able to get two wins in the College World Series. And he's a freshman, so he'll be able to contribute a lot for us going forward. But, Dagum, Oregon State. Just rip our hearts out. Every oh, well. Uh, Omaha, oh, well. Omaha is the Houston for Carolina baseball. It's just that it's always in <laughs> the College World Series is always in Omaha, so. Oh, well, oh, well. Is it time to talk about some content? Some sweet, sweet content. I'm content to talk about content. I have a... Ha, ha, ha. I'm going to do, like, a lightning round of a movie corner real quick. Because I saw so many movies this week. Go um, for it, bro. Not, like, went and see. I watched a bunch of movies this week. I'm not sure if this is all of them. I don't think it's all of them. Actually, I know it's not because I also watched um, Harry Potter and The Half-Blood Prince this week. But you just watched that this week? No, I rewatched. Oh, I was like, wait. Um, oh dear. <laughs> wait. Oh, no, 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 no. Rewatch. Um, better than I remembered it. Um, but I'm gonna start with Into the Woods because that was the first one I watched this week. Agony. <laughs> <laughs> Agony. This is. Everything uh, a musical, a uh, stage, stage to screen musical can be. I'm not, honestly, I'm not sure if it can get much better than what Into the Woods is if you want to stay faithful to the show. Um, one thing that was annoying is that I feel like the most interesting parts of the movie happened off, off screen, off stage, if it was a stage show. Um, like, I feel like there's a really great movie happening off screen. <laughs> um, but we were left with a good movie, so it was fine. Um, really quickly, I'll give that one a 7.2 out of 10. Did you? Because it left me wanting for more. But the performances were really good. I was about to say, did you like Meryl uh, Streep in there? Meryl Streep was feeling herself. I loved night. Meryl Streep in Into the Woods. <laughs> I, I loved that woman in, in Into the Woods. It was great. It was really fun. Um, the next movie I watched was Lady Bird, um, directed by Greta Gerwig, was nominated for everything at the last Academy Awards. I wish I hadn't waited this long to watch the movie. Um, it was really fantastic. It was funnier 
than I thought it was. I can see why it won for Best Comedy um, at the Golden Globes, even though the Golden Globes comedy nominations are really strange sometimes. But it was actually very, very great. Um, it's just a coming-of-age story. Have y'all seen uh, Boyhood? Yeah. I have not, but I've heard it's excellent. Oh. It's like a better version of Boyhood. Did you not like Boyhood? I loved Boyhood, but I recognize that it's not a perfect movie. It's also very long, isn't it? It's like three hours. It's very, hours. very long, yeah. and this is under two hours. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah. I can see that. Um, but it, I really, really loved it. Go watch Lady Bird. Um, next was Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I don't know why it took me this long to watch Scott Pilgrim, because this is another one that I adored from start to finish. It's probably one of the, if not the most visually interesting movies I've seen before, ever. Um, who directed that? Really? Cr- Do you remember? Who is, I feel directed? Like, yeah, who directed? Um, Edgar Wright. Edgar, oh, okay, so yeah, it's a... <laughs> yeah, it's an Edgar Wright movie. It's an Edgar Wright movie. Um, and you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's great. Like I, I don't know what else, what more to say. But then it's great. There's rewatchability is really high because you will miss so many things if you just go through it on the first time. Um. So yeah, it, it's a, it's also a pretty good deconstruction of the manic pixie dream girl, um, trope that you see in a lot of these types of movies. Um, but Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is great. Finally, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, um, the sequel to Jurassic World in the fifth movie in the Jurassic Park saga. Um, I liked the first Jurassic World. I didn't love it. I mean, I didn't really like it either. Okay, but in comparison to, uh, Fallen Kingdom and, or no, sorry, Lost World and, and Jurassic Park 3... I feel like Jurassic World was better than the two sequels to Jurassic Park. I was going to watch The Lost World tomorrow or Wednesday, so I can't say. Two and three are so bad. So maybe with that frame of reference, I feel like I liked Jurassic World a lot more. But Perhaps. But, like, it was fine. I really – Jurassic Park is one of my favorite movies. Um, But this one was – oh, I forget who directs um, this Jurassic World, but it's a horror director. Oh, really? Um, and this isn't a horror movie, but there are a lot of elements of horror in this movie. Um, I really like what they did with the scale of this movie. Um, I think it's appropriate for the action. But there, I, there are just so many things that don't make sense. And I feel like with Jurassic World was a very grounded movie. Um, Surprisingly. Yeah, surprisingly. <laughs> the Breaking Dinosaur yeah. Yeah. is the most grounded movie of the franchise. But the further and further away they get, it beca- it has to be sillier and sillier. Because there's no other direction to go. It, when, when you're at the bottom there's, or top, there's only one way to go, and it's the other direction. Um, but man, there's, there's just not... The internal logic with the Jurassic Park series is that once they leave the island, there is no reason to ever return back to that island. Um, That makes logical sense to anyone in our universe or theirs, which makes the sequels fall apart from the beginning. 
So they're already playing at a deficit. That being said, the the performances are really good. I thought the camera direction was great. Um, it's just hard to get me into a Jurassic Park sequel. Um, if I gave Jurassic World a C, I'd give this a C plus. You like this one better than Jurassic World? Yeah, I did. Really? Oh. I'm gonna forget about it in a week though. <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's just not a lot, but there's not much to it. Um, Something that I saw about the Jurassic, the new Jurassic World movie that I thought was interesting, by the way, I probably will not see it because I haven't seen Jurassic Park or Jurassic World 1, but You haven't seen Jurassic Park? Nope. It's on TV. It's a scary movie, by the way. It is a scary movie, but it's on TV all the time. It really is. Whatever. So, anyways. (laughs) (laughs) The scene from the previews with the little ball thing falling over the cliff. Uh, they m- had to make, like, a mini roller coaster to film that, and they had to do it on the first take so that they got the actors' real reactions to going down that slope, which I thought was super interesting. Hmm. Dinosaur is still my favorite dinosaur movie. <laughs> what is that, Matt? Disney's Dinosaur is still my favorite dinosaur Yo, movie. Yo, that's such an underrated movie. I forget about that movie all the time. Don't you dare. I- no, it's I like I like dinosaurs. I was going to say that, looking back on um, that 3D am- animation, it's a little creepy. But like, it's still a good movie. Alatar is my but boy. That is a that is some creepy yeah. some creepy dinosaurs. It's, it's like it's a good movie. It's like it's like it. you have Uncanny Valley but with dinosaurs. <laughs> my favorite thing is they had the. The hand puppet things you could get at McDonald's with the different dinosaurs. Oh, they were, they were oh, so weird. Those were dope. Oh, I forgot about that. Dude, I forgot. I remember a lot of McDonald's toys. That and the Inspector Gadget toys. Yeah. Those are what made my Disney movies. Well, no, the but Inspector the, Gadget's the dinosaur's toy, for whatever reason, is like. That is one of the toys from McDonald's that I distinctly remember. Yeah. I remember that as well. I've That's, had plenty oh. of those hand puppets. Yeah. Do y'all know that he, uh, um, just like, since you were, uh, since Aaron did that, like, film quip about the, the reaction thing, did y'all know, uh, in Ghost Rider, how, I mean, I don't know how, if, how many of y'all seen Ghost Rider with, uh, I have Nick not Cage. seen it. Nick Cage? I have not seen the Nick Cage. I have. Uh, I've probably collectively seen all the movie, but I've never sat through it. I mean, in, in the first 15 minutes, there's a, a stunt where the guy jumps between, like, he jumps over some cars or something or some buses. And uh, ends up crashing and like hits his head on the wheel. That actually happened uh, in the take, but they kept it because it looked good. <laughs> like the guy actually just like busted his face on uh, and and was like apparently not seriously injured, but they were like, "Oh, okay, he's not dead. All right, use the take." <laughs> <laughs> I heard that the um, the Agents of Shield season with uh, with Ghost Rider is actually pretty good. I have I know nothing about Agents of Shield. That's the one thing Marvel that I just I can't bring myself to care about. It I I watched the first three seasons before it just got pushed to the back burner. I just never got back to it. It's fine. There are some really great, really really great episodes and some a lot of a lot of filler. Cool. We're pushing forty eight minutes and we got some questions to get to. So uh... I know so. I'm sorry I took so long, but Aaron and Mav both had something. Mav, you go first. Uh, I'm going to stick to just my game. 
uh, I started the division. I started really getting the Ubisoft games, and I, I had a game pass where I tried new games, so I'm playing the division right now. I don't know if y'all have, or if anybody listening has. I think it's one of the most difficult games, one of the most difficult shooters I've ever played. Uh, it's a third-person shooter, and it's a third-person cover shooter. Uh, you cannot Rambo this game. You have to cover, uh, or you will get eight alive, and you will not. You're, you're just not going to be able to progress. And it's one of the, also just a very complex game. Uh, maybe I'm just not used to it, but like your loadout, uh, doing your like equipment for your person, like you can get knee pads, a mask, uh, a holster, like you can even get like shit clothes and cosmetic stuff, and it all has like an effect on your person's like character. And it's all very important in making yourself like actually able to survive in this like apocalyptic situation that's going on in New York City. Sounds a lot uh, like uh, Rainbow Six, kind yeah. of. The NPCs sense. are some of the most difficult I've ever faced. There's only a normal and a hard mode. Uh, and on normal, it's hard enough. And it's really not designed to be solo play. And I'm just used to playing by myself. And not to mention, like, I don't have a lot of people that play or that probably are playing this. And so it's hard to get parties going. But they do have really good matchmaking. But the NPCs will flank you. They are actually tactical, and they will charge you. It with like without any regard, and it can really flush you. And you know it's it's bad when like some of the top reviewers of the game are like, there is no shame in retreating, and running and running and retreating several times before you gain a footing. Um, can we make that a mini, just a mini question? Like the hardest game you've ever played? Yeah. I got, I have to think about it real fast, but uh, uh, let me let, let me let me get to that. Honestly, Kingdom Hearts was my first game, like, getting back into, like, seriously, serious, like, story games. Because I, for years and years and years, I only played, um, like, sports games. Um, so, jumping back into Kingdom Hearts, that last boss fight in the first game took me maybe two and a half, three weeks to beat. Uh, I don't want to be... <clears throat> I don't want to be uh, like stereotypical, but uh, the very first Dark Souls game, <clears throat> I bought it because it was like everyone said it was hard. I, I knew it had a reputation when I bought it, um, but it was on sale, and I was like, you know, like it can't be that bad. And so I you sweet summer child. <laughs> so I bought it, and I played. I made it through the tutorial level, and I got stuck on the first level outside of the tutorial level and <laughs> I quit the game for about a month and, and then I picked it up and I was like maybe I just needed some time away from it and I picked it up again I tried it again still couldn't get past it I tried for like three days put it down didn't play it for six months I did not play like and then on a whim one day I picked it up and I finally made it past it and uh the first level it, it was the first level I mean, and I just grinded it ever since and then and I, and I had, eventually I beat it but it's it was just such a a grueling experience that I uh, it's it, it's it, it took a lot out of me, but I feel like it put some hair on my chest at the same time. <laughs> I don't know about the hardest game I ever played, but one of the hardest sections of a game is definitely the water temple in Ocarina of Time. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Why did you have to bring that up? For me? You gotta like go to the same room twenty times and change the water level every time. 
that's like one of the only like classic game parts where I had to use a guide to get through it because I was just hopeless trying to do it on my own. Side note: beating Call of Duty on uh, Call of Duty Four on veteran was grueling. Um, Aaron, you want to talk about the Steam Summer Sale and Voltron? Yeah, sure. So, uh, this past week, I watched the new season of Voltron, season six. It was seven episodes. They come out with like half seasons, instead half seasons every couple months instead of like one full size season twice a year or once every eight months or so. And it was very good. The first two episodes were solid. Nothing like incredible then the third episode was a complete filler episode which kind of pissed me off because why are you having a filler episode in a netflix only release in a seven episode season but then the fourth and fifth episodes made me cry a bit and then the sixth and seventh episodes were two of the best episodes of the whole show uh and they tied into the third episode a good amount like the third episode Um. made more sense yeah. I heard that... So you know how like, every season has, like, a character-building episode? Yeah. I heard that this season's episode for that was better than the Mall episode. And the Mall episode's my favorite episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Is it better than if the it's, Mall? Wait, character-building episode, like, filler episode? It's not filler, it's character-building. So, yes, filler. No, what? It was, Have you seen Breaking Bad? Yes, the fly episode is complete filler. It's the best no, episode directed episode, by Ryan Johnson. Episode, is the best that episode. That episode literally took me two months to get through. Oh, I love the fly. Anyway. So anyways, it was a super funny episode, and I really enjoyed it, but I was like, what's the point of completely wasting an episode in a seven-episode season? Because it's a kid's show when it's fun. Yeah, that's fair. It was fun. Um, I love the mall episode. I really need to go back and watch the mall episode. That was great television. Honk got a lot of character building, which I really enjoyed because he didn't really before then. And we also got to see a lot of growth from Keith, which I liked. Um, Steam Summer Sale? Yeah. So the Steam Summer Sale is going on right now. I've not purchased anything yet, but I have a bunch of things in my cart. Uh, so if anyone has any recommendations of games that they want me to play, I'm open for suggestions. Do you have a a, a computer that can run The Witcher 3? Um, I have GeForce Now, which is like an internet-connected GPU. So yeah, I could run basically anything. I, you have to play Witcher 3, and it's on. It's re- It's always on sale, so what, it's worth it. What kind of game is it? Uh, open World. I'm looking it up right now. RPG. Oh, open world RPG-ish. Yeah. I I would say it's RPG, yeah. Because you can do the dialogue the Witcher? option. The Witcher yeah, you 3, have, yeah. like, dialogue yeah, options. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Yep. Yep. It's on legitimately, sale for 50% off. Legitimately one of the best games I've ever played. And I, I had no experience with any of the other Witcher games. I heard it's great. It's fantastic. Oh, check it out. Yes. Huge recommendation. Um, we're gonna have to also. Or go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, Big Brother comes back. This yes. Week. 
I am so excited. Colby and I are, and my brother and Colby's sister are doing Big Brother Fantasy, and I am pumped. I'm excited. It's my first season doing fantasy. Yeah, I've never done it either. Should be fun. We're going to have to talk Westworld next week. Oh, man. I'm, gonna, I'm, getting my, I'm using my new email to get my trial, and I'm going to binge it tomorrow. Whew. I've heard yeah. I've I've heard it's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack. There's so much to unpack. I wasn't ready for you to say that and it just <laughs> did it bring everything it made back. My heart go 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 a flutter. <laughs> um But let's go to the questions. Let's see. Do this. Oh, we have we have about twenty minutes. Um first from Brandon Wheeler at Tar underscore wheels. Uh summer reads slash podcast to listen to. I'm going back to work this week. Last week, sorry, didn't get to your question. And need some nice audiobooks. If you haven't already, start listening to Lore. Uh, it's a really awesome podcast uh, on the iTunes store, uh, or on the podcast iTunes thing or whatever. Um, deals with uh, like folklore, uh, kind of creepy uh, tales. Uh, that are somewhat based in in reality and truth, and uh, it's an interesting blend of of history and, and and folklore and and like horror kind of. Um, I recently started listening to Ologies, um, which is a series where this woman Allie interviews a different a different person who is an expert in a field that like ends with ology so like the first episode is volcanology there's someone who like specializes in postcards someone specializes in dentistry dermatology like all the ologies it's really interesting um and she's really she's a quirky great host um so yeah ologies also i'm about to listen to sharp objects um I just finished the first book in the third Percy Jackson series, which is the one about Apollo. Um, it was a fun read. I'm on the second book now. I don't know how invested I am in the story, but uh, Rick Reardon does a good job of expanding on his version of the Greek-slash-Roman universe that he created through the first ten books, and I enjoy that part of it very much. So if you, you like the, the two Percy Jackson series, then I highly recommend it. Do you do you prefer the first series or the second series? I don't know. I think that story wise, the first series beats the second, but I love the how accessible he makes the mythology and all that. Oh, the, oh, they're both good. The, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. And, say. The, and, the, and the second series expands on that so much, and it makes it really, really enjoyable for me. Yeah. Also, gay Nico. Yes, Nico is. Yeah. I stand Nico extremely that's, hard. Alert! Sorry. That, that's a huge <laughs> spoiler, but it's also way past. The... Yeah, no, it's way it's way past the the spoiler date on that. But that he he uh, gay Nico makes many appearances in the Apollo series, at least in the first book, which is nice because they kind of just throw it out of nowhere in the when it first happens and it makes it easier to 
digest when he has frequent appearances. Son of Hades out here repping, boy. Also, we might have a a little announcement regarding something around this arena coming soon. Stay <laughs> tuned. Yeah. Um. Next, Audrey wants us to talk about Riverdale, Roverdale, Riverdale. We did a review a couple weeks it. ago. I haven't finished the second season yet, um, but I have theories. I don't know if saying anything will be a spoiler. Um, but I, I mean, if they're theories to, I mean, yeah, like, we won't we respond won't to them. You can say what your theories I, are. I, I can. Okay, so uh, as far as who the Black Hood is, um, I I don't know what this is. This is based purely in my own headcanon, uh, but I think it is um, uh, 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 Betty's dad. Okay. Just because, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think the eyes thing works out because he has very, like, a very piercing, very piercing stare. So I was like, that's, like, my, where, where my theory is based in. I don't know why he would want to shoot out. I don't know why he'd want to shoot <laughs> somebody, but that's my headcanon. Um, how far into the season are you? I'm, like, nine episodes in. Gotcha. So I haven't hit the wall yet, so... I, I will maintain that season should have been. It could have been short. Maybe shorter. thirteen episodes. Yeah, I think Except also maybe thirteen. At least watching it live, a major part of it was that they had two mid-season yes. hiatuses. Me and Aaron had to go through all those breaks with the Olympics, and, and they just did another that, break. The, and yeah, they had another break, and they had winter break off, and it just it really messes with the pacing. It's like if you have like four fly episodes in a row. <laughs> but it, it is a lot of filler. It's a it's a lot a lot of filler that doesn't do much to further the plot. Which I feel like Fly does do things to further the plot of Breaking Bad, but we aren't going to get into that now. I guess also, it's cartoonish. Uh, though, but also, Vegas Archie's dog the, disappears for like almost the entire season. I guess this is true. But the Carrie episode was necessary. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> other than other than the auto tune, the auto tune was like again, Beauty and the Beast all over no, again. Just some unrealistic high school stuff, though. <laughs> Who's breaking well, into who high plays... schools at night? <laughs> They're all like actually thirty or something. So, no, KJ App is only like nineteen or twenty, isn't he? I was using hyperbole. <laughs> yeah, Ronnie is like our being the alumni. She's our age. Gotcha. I'm looking up their ages right now. We, we got a girl who's in high school, yet she's on the board of trustees of a giant company. Yeah. Jug is 25. Betty's 21. Archie's 21. Ronnie's 23. Ross Butler is that. Uh, that's, um, what's his name? Uh, the football player. Reggie. I believe. Is that Reggie? Oh, Asian dude bro, Reggie. Is that Reggie? Ross yeah, that is. Ross Butler. He's 28. I miss old Reggie. I do too, but new Reggie's good too. New Reggie's good, but 13 Reasons Why Reggie is... That is 13 Reasons Why Jeff Reggie. Original Reggie is... Yeah, that's original Reggie. Wait, is Ross Butler... Oh, yeah, Ross Butler is the original Reggie. Where's new Reggie? 
Uh, While you're looking good, new Reggie, um, from Andy Rindle at Andy underscore Rindle, what do you think our new pro he how do you think our new pro heels fit into their respective organizations? Um, so, Theo got a two-way contract with the Brooklyn Nets. Joel got signed as an undrafted free agent to the Lakers. Lakers. Lake show out here. Ow. So, sorry, I just threw something to my... Can I interrupt real life. quick? Yes. Charles Melton is new Thanks Reggie. Charles Melton is new Reggie. You're welcome. And he is 27 years old. Um, wow. Um, <laughs> so, I... I know nothing about the. I almost called the New, the New Jersey Nets. That's how much I know. About yeah, them. It's, yeah. <laughs> they have Damari Carroll and Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell. They have Dwight Howard for now. Dwight Howard. Uh, for now. He's supposed to get bought out, though, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He wants to be bought out. At least. They traded yeah. Timo Mozgov to the Hornets. However, though, it's a two-way contract, so it's guaranteed for Theo, which is. Uh, it's not the same case for Joel, but he will. He's definitely making the G League, which if he yeah if he shows w- what his true potential is, he he could very well make his way onto the actual team because they're one I of the le- I would say less talented teams. Joel at least deserves a chance. I think Theo, if he gets in the right opportunity, which the Nets actually might be a good opportunity because they don't really have that much talent on the roster where he could have a chance to really grow and and show off his game. Uh, I think he could actually turn into a pretty solid pro. Summer League's going to be big for the both yeah. of them. Yes. I am more worried for Joel's fit with the Lakers just because they have Lonzo. Uh, they're pretty guard-heavy at this point. Or maybe they won't after they sign Paul George and LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and everybody <laughs> else in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they have unlimited money. What is cap space? Um, I'm going to skip Turner's question for now, even though I want to get back to it. Um, maybe not this week, because I wanted to get to this question from Hannah. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Hannah from Bands. When you shower, do you face the shower or have your back to the shower? Listen, who the hell turns their back to the shower? Why? I know why. Okay, I do, and I'll tell you why. No, yeah. don't do this, Colby. Don't do uh, this. One, it feels good on your back. Yes. I'm sure it Two. is. You don't have to have, to have to, you don't have to take the whole shower that way. Also, when, you can just lean forward further. No. But when I'm washing, like when I'm washing my hair, like it's easier to lean back and like not get water and soap and conditioner. Again, all things you could do when... by turning around in the shower. <laughs> And it just feels it good. It feels good. I act, I, I am the same way. Like, I'll spend the first few minutes with my back turned because that is, like, my pensive moment in, like, showers, you know, where you think of all life problems in the showers. You solve all your problems. You no, you have to battles. do, like, the Usher Raymond, like, lean your arm against the, 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 the wall, <laughs> head that's down. Like, that's, the, how, that's, that's how you get it over your back, by yeah, leaning further but, forward. But the, I, I don't want to be leaning Like over. Will Smith and iRobot. <laughs> That's just how I do it. It feels comfortable on your back. I solve all my problems and win all my uh, mental fights. And then I turn around and shower. I am, I, like, I'll admit that, like, yes, hot water feels good on your back. But you don't have to spend the whole shower turned Which, around. I don't think either of us saying that we spend the whole shower that way. Colby, do you spend the whole shower it's turned around? Like I, 
it's not like I stand like a statue. <laughs> just like I never look That's at how I imagine like it. You're just sitting there staring <laughs> at the back wall, just letting only your back get wet. <laughs> like, I feel like you can't get, like, clean if you, <laughs> you're just, like, staring at the back of the shower the entire time. But, like, I would say for the majority of the time, I my back is to the shower. I'm shaking my head. I know people can't see that, but I'm, yeah. I'm in disbelief that this is this this is the two Americas. <laughs> Not political parties. It's people who stand. With Did their this conversation go the way you thought it was going to go? Nope. No, I thought I was going to have people with me. I'm with you. Thank you, Aaron. I thought you were going to say that my opinion doesn't matter. No. <laughs> Two Americas. Two Americas. <laughs> and also, Hannah, TMI, bro. <laughs> yeah, that is a major TMI. This is a, hey, this, hey. Is a, this is a safe for, worse, safe for work broadcast. Relatively. <laughs> we're, we're family friendly. No. We're a PG broadcast. With occasional PG-13. <laughs> Maybe TV-14. Maybe some quacks here and there. <laughs> you can say the F word once. <laughs> no, zero I, times. Okay. <laughs> so, there's a YouTube video from Patrick H. Wilhelms um, about the use of the F word in PG-13 films. Go check it out. It's a great video. Because nice. um, this, this is what I watch on YouTube if you're wondering. It's video essays about MPAA ratings. Anyway, uh, Turner Metlicott wants us to talk about this snippet of an interview from George Lucas. Um, ah, yes. So, yeah. George Lucas shared, so this is a tweet from at Livio Ramondelli, who said, as far as I've seen, these are the first specifics George Lucas had shared about what his visions of seven, seven through nine would have been. Um, and these quotes come from the James Cameron's story of science fiction series on AMC. So George Lucas said, the next three Star Wars films are going to get into a microbiotic world, but there's this world of creatures that operate differently than we do. I call them the quills. And the quills are the ones who actually control the universe. They feed off the force. If I'd held on to the company, I would have done it, and then it would have been done. Of course, a lot of fans would have hated it. I would have. That was me talking, not George Lucas. Uh, just like they did Fantasmutinous and everything. But at least the whole story from beginning to end would be told. What are your thoughts on George Lucas's bad idea? That sounds like midi-chlorians all over again. Well, I think that's what and, it was. I think that's essentially that, what he was that, going for. And for that reason, I am out. <laughs> okay, Shark Tank, bro. <laughs> Me and my mom and brother say that all the time now. Um, that might be I, my new bet. I think that idea would have been way more tragic than anything that's going on in Star Wars right now. Like, way you're more gonna tragic turn, than the tragedy he, of Dark Plagueis the Wise? He was going to turn the Star Wars franchise... Into Osmosis Jones. Osmosis Jones was a ten out of ten film. No, Osmo o Osmosis Jones is a is a great film. It is a great film. I would love to see the Star Wars logo pop up and just have Chris Rock as Osmosis Jones. <laughs> yeah, don't hate on don't hate on Osmosis Jones though. It's a great film. Featuring Bill Murray. <laughs> oh my god. That would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
in the in the grand scheme of things, he, like I said, he was, he's going to tell the story. But I definitely think fans would have, it would have eaten him alive had this thing actually so, come to fruition. Yeah, are you kidding me? <laughs> so I I think to like actually talk seriously about this, I some of the prop some of like the valid problems I think people have with episode eight about what the themes of the movie change about the Star Wars saga. For I, What I think it changed makes the Star Wars saga better. For them, it doesn't. We won't get into that. But what my problem with, what, and with what a lot of people's problems with midichlorians is, is that it makes the Force seem inaccessible because it's a... It kind of makes people that have the Force kind of a chosen one yeah. type of thing. Um, which turned a lot of fans off because, you know, even though we're, we're normal people, like, we like to think that, hey, maybe I could get into Hogwarts. Maybe I could be a mutant. Maybe I could use the Force. Um, so that really cut people off, and I feel like this would have only furthered that sentiment. Whereas in The Last Jedi, you make the Force more accessible through um, Homeboy with the Broom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's I see, that's, that's, on see, that's one of the things I liked about 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 the last Jedi. I actually really like that fact. Um, I feel like they kind of did away with the whole midi chlorian thing. Did you see, like, with the whole midi chlorians? Like, this is what took me out with the midi chlorians. Like, I remember distinctly people talking about like, oh, uh, Darth Vader has less midi chlorians because they cut off his legs and arms or whatever, and like, <laughs> that means there's less natural midi chlorians because it's. Robot. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's well, actually, it's there's the like canon. There's canon literature that he's not as powerful. But that's so Without. stupid. That's so stupid. It's <laughs> like, canon. just let him have the Force and be an all-powerful... Let him live villain. his life. And it's sort of why... And it's why, like, the, the Emperor designed the suit to sort of limit his Force power. Um, but, uh... But, let me... What was I gonna say? Uh... Oh, I lost my train of thought. Is it coming back to station? No, uh, oh. no, but they still oh, they, they still <laughs> integrated this into the canon though because the books, like the books specifically that Luke pulled out when Ray went into the tree, it's called the Journal of the Wills. So they've still integrated mm -hmm. that canon content into it without necessarily going deeper into it. Uh, also, in Rogue One, Baze and Shiru are Guardians of the Wills, which is the temple that was on Jeddah. So, it, which also goes further in making the Force more accessible. So, I feel like this wouldn't have been a great move thematically for the Star Wars universe. But we're we're backing up 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 to time. Have y'all seen? So, y'all got anything? Else? They have y'all seen the newest report quickly about Star Wars? That it seems they've kind of backed up on this report that they've halted the uh, the standalones that were in development, that they will still continue development. They're just starting to rethink marketing strategies uh, and like strategies for releasing them. That's so they're not necessarily canned yet. Uh, they're still somewhat in a pre-development stage. So instead of six months, they're going to make it seven months between movies. I would think more like a year. I hope because cause we've seen what it's done when 
Han Solo coming out five months after Last Jedi. And With only three months of marketing. It's hard not to say that it didn't have a negative effect on Solo in the box office. Uh, I think, again, I, I don't want them to give up on Obi-Wan because that's actually something I've, that a, a large amount of Star Wars fans actually wants to see. Because it's, yes, it's the same, it's a character that everybody knows, but it's a narrative or a section that still hasn't been covered by really any canon is that period between, like, what is Obi-Wan doing on Tatooine? Oh. Uh, how does he become one with the Force where he, to where he can become a Force ghost? Does he recommune with Qui-Gon? Uh, and things like that, which they could explore. Yeah. That so, is it time? Is it time? It's time. Do you want to, do you want to, I mean, there's one we can quickly do if you want to do the omelet toppings one. Well, I have a side question for that one, but yeah, oh, we could do that. Or should, we can just save that for next week. That's fine. Oh, I don't, I don't care. We're running, we're running, we're running low on time. Yeah. We're running by oh, low on time, I mean overtime. Yes. So. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Um, leave the people warning more, Aaron. True. Hold back a little. See, we're not going to be Star Wars when you aren't going to oversaturate the market. Look at us. <laughs> Learning from the mistakes. We're also not going to make Osmosis Jones 3. We might, though. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, any last things before we go? Nope. I'm Gucci. Nope. All right. So, if you want to find us, you can do that at tinyurlcom slash nevermadevarsity. No, I said that weird. Never made varsity. Uh, leave us a rating and a review. On iTunes, this is the worst read I've done in a while. And Aaron yawned, uh, like, right in the middle of it. <laughs> Anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter, at NeverMatePod. Uh, thank you, Jake, for the theme music. We have an announcement coming next week. It's really exciting. Mm. We um, are ready to tell you about it when everything is squared away and ready, but it's not yet, so it's coming. It's coming. It's like winter. But that's all I have for you. So goodbye. Bye-bye. Adios. Bye.